welcome everyone to episode 90 of Today in the Scene. I can't believe we're getting up to 90. This is really exciting. But I'm Joe from Indie Arcade Wave. I just wanted to say thank you for checking us out. If you like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we're just going to keep them coming for you. We got a whole bunch more and lots of people I want to talk to. So there will be more videos coming. Um, This week, we're going to meet with a Killer Queen fanatic, I guess we could call him. Uh, Josh Eklow has been in the Killer Queen scene for a long time. I just met him in Omaha this last weekend, and he's actually one that he he was running the tournament, kind of getting things together. So I guess without further ado, here's Josh. How you doing? Very well. Now, yes. especially now that I'm recovered from uh, the tournament weekend. Yeah, that was a that was a tough weekend. Uh, super fun. Loved showing off Galactic Battleground out there and everything. But yeah. I mean, that's a that's a cool spot. I really like yeah. the yeah, I really the the thing that I it's funny because it's like the things that that I appreciate about Beercade, and I I usually think they they might think I'm joking, is like I'll tell them like, man, these booths are great, or oh, like so oh, cool. wow, that was the first thing I noticed. There's so many places to sit down here, or like oh these lockers, but it's like there's a lot of like little things like that that like especially if you're traveling, yeah, are really nice, and you notice them. Like maybe if if you even if you only go there once a week, you don't really think about it. But when you're there all day, or all day for several days, you really start to notice. Like if there's nowhere comfortable to sit down, and it's day three of you being yeah. in the arcade for like eight hours at a time, eight hours, like, ten hours a day, yeah, <laughs> it's it a little rough. Yeah, that's so, funny. Uh, you me- funny you mentioned the lockers because Kelly actually forgot his backpack in there. We were laughing oh, about that. Sure, I was like, yeah. how are you going to code without your backpack? <laughs> But yeah, it's like little things like that. Like as soon as I got to Omaha and I, I checked out the arcade, I was like, oh, this place would be great for a tournament. Like I was joking with one of the guys that was playing pinball, my friend Victor. I was like, oh, if this was back in Chicago, you would all be mad. You'd be mad at all of us because we'd all be leaning against these pinball machines watching the tournament. Right. Because it's just kind of a little bit smaller back there. And it's like here. In Omaha, there was plenty of place, uh, place to stand around, and you know they had all the TVs tuned to it, so you could be sitting at the bar and, and watching, and a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it's like, you know, because when people come to to a tournament for Killer Queen, and I'm sure they're, I mean, I know they're like this for like pinball and stuff like that too, but it's like they want to be kind of playing as much as possible. So it's like people got in Friday night, and they were at the arcade till close on Friday night. And then Saturday night, you know, they were at the arcade till close. And then after the tournament, people typically play till close. So it's like you end up being in the arcade for a long time. So yeah. so those general comforts, you know, kind of determine how long you get to play at the arcade comfortably and stuff like that. So, But, you know, even still, it, it tires you out. And I used to, in, in the early days of Killer Queen, I would be at the arcade till close, you know, several nights a week. But now I'm... I'm, I've kind of retired in disposition, <laughs> at least, and energy levels, especially, you know, since I got used to staying at home so good, I got really good at it. So uh, it's, it's for me, if I stay to the, till the arcade till late, I'm very tired after. But, you know, I'm, re, I'm re, uh, re-energized now, ready to go back and play. Yeah, awesome weekend. <laughs> um, I had so much fun. It was my first tournament I actually played in, but... Let's yeah. let's jump into it. Let's introduce you. Like, let us know about who Josh is. Let us know a little sure. bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm originally from Chicago, um, although I grew up uh, out in the suburbs, and then I ended up going to college in Iowa City, Iowa, at the University of Iowa, and I did school there and grad school, and then just lived there for a good while. And so in 2014, I was sort of feeling like I'd kind of juiced Iowa City out of everything there was to do. And at the time, I really wasn't playing many games in any sort of serious way, just because there wasn't really a a venue for you to do that in Iowa City. Kind of surprisingly, it was like they had had a large arcade in town right before I got there. And then they just didn't have one for almost the entire time that I was in town. And then when they finally did open an arcade, I think I had already left Iowa City, but then it was like such a small arcade that like I knew about Killer Queen, but I was like, they couldn't even, they would not be able to fit it in this. It was a really tiny arcade. So, um, so I, that was kind of a new thing for me once I moved to Chicago in 2014, which ended up being sort of like the perfect time to get into Killer Queen. 
Um, I showed up in Chicago in August of 2014. I didn't know anyone in town. And I knew I wanted to make some friends because otherwise I'd be very lonely. And so I decided that the best way to do that would be to get involved in some video game community. I don't know why that that was my thought at the time. Because, I mean, I've always liked games and played a lot of games online. and But I've never really been like a PC gamer. I was always sort of more, we always had a Mac. So I, I you know, was a video editor instead of a, a gamer on the PC. But I was like, all right, I need to get good at a game. And that's how I'll meet people. And um, I think it was maybe like the first or second weekend that I was in town that I went to this event that they had at the Threadless headquarters in Chicago called Bitbash. And it was like an independent games festival. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. They, they did it like a few more times after that. And then they did some smaller like themed versions of it. But I don't know if there's been any Bitbashes in Chicago since then but you would dig it 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 was like a very cool event and so it was a lot of you know it was kind of like the indie games festival sort of circuit so there was like free beer and a ton of games for you to set up you know set up for you to play for like five minutes and a lot of them were kind of the same game because i i find that like a lot of indie games festivals they assume that you're only going to play for like five minutes so they don't want to give you anything too deep they want to give you something that you can like interact with the other three people that are waiting with you for like five minutes. So it's like a lot of Smash clones, a lot of just really simple games where like the whole novelty of the game is the controller itself or like the how you control the character or, or whatever you're doing. You know, those things are like, okay, that's fun for like a minute, but I'm probably not going to devote my life to it. Uh, but then I saw that there was Killer Queen there. And so I waited in line and waited in line. And then I played one game of it and I was like, this is fun. And... Um, Part of why I really liked it was because it seemed like kind of honestly really within my wheelhouse because I grew up uh, playing kind of older games typically than probably most of my peers. Like when everyone was cool and had a Nintendo, I was playing my, you know, uncle's hand-me-down Atari and my favorite game was Joust and I would just play Joust alone for hours and then eventually I had a Nintendo when everyone else had already moved on. And then I ended up getting a PlayStation, like, really randomly. Uh, but, like, I never had good internet, and I didn't really have a lot of friends that played video games. So I kind of, you know, my video game experience at that point was, like, a lot of, it's like, Grand Theft Auto and, you know, kind of just stuff like that. But, um, yeah, when I played Killer Queen, I was like, this is great. One stick, you know, one button. Uh, it's not like, you know, like I've had interest in fighting games, but like they were always too complicated for me. Sort the of. learning curve is crazy. Yeah. Like since then I've, I've put in a lot of the time and, and practice and, and effort. Uh, although a lot of that has kind of been inspired by people that I met playing Killer Queen. Um, but yeah, at the time I was like, Killer Queen, I was like, this seems, this seems doable, learnable, especially because I was thinking I was like either going to like try to get involved in this or smash, which just seemed like people have been masters of best this for like a decade so it's like i'm not i'm not gonna learn you know i'm not gonna find any new ground here in, in smash so my first time playing beyond that like 30 seconds of playing was actually a tournament it was killer queen 2 it was the second tournament in chicago and i know that the first tournament had happened like per, maybe like a month prior to that and from what i heard there were like 11 teams which is pretty common when you have like a a like the first big tournament in a city. I've noticed as Killer Queen has expanded beyond Chicago, um, especially because at that time, like when nobody knows what they're doing, the playing field is very level. You know, it's it's kind of like nobody, there's no hard feelings because literally nobody's good enough to create any hard feelings. Um, and so, but that second one, we had four teams and my team came in third. Uh, so that was my first taste of victory. And uh, it was fun. So it was like, you know, there were only 20 of us at that second tournament. But after playing it for a few hours, I was like, yeah, this is really fun. And I liked the people that I had met playing. And at that point, we, we decided we wanted to play more often. And especially at that time, the, old, the Killer Queen in Chicago, that summer of like 2014, was kind of like the only publicly available machine that was like there on a regular basis. It was anywhere. 
And so at the time, our biggest struggle was trying to just get 10 people actually to the machine. Because especially at that time, there were no bots. So if you didn't have 10 people, you just couldn't play a full game. And so at that time, uh, a few of the folks uh, that had been playing for just a little bit longer than me established the Chicago Facebook group for Killer Queen. And the whole purpose of it was to just get 10 people to the machine on any given night. So somebody, you know, most of the posts were like, hey, uh, is anybody interested in going to the arcade on, you know, Thursday? And if we could, if we could get 10 people to commit, we would all go and, and play for a few hours. And so it kind of grew from there. Um, we, we, uh, kept putting on tournaments, although at that point, the early ones were really kind of being put on by the arcade and more specifically, this great guy, James Barron, who was also the, uh, the games tech at the arcade, he was, he was interested in the scene. So he threw the first three, three tournaments, maybe, maybe the fourth one too. Um, and they, they kind of started to grow at that point. I think the third one had maybe like eight or nine teams. And then after that third uh, tournament, we established uh, a weekly night on Wednesdays at the arcade. And pretty much the reason we picked that was because it was a it was like an empty night at the arcade. So we wouldn't feel like bullies for monopolizing the machine. And so we started doing every Wednesday at Logan Arcade was what we called League Night, which at first <clears throat> was sort of a proper league. People wanted me to keep score and, and you know, like keep track of victories and losses and, and have a real season. And we did all that for about maybe a few months. And then at the end of the season, nobody cared. Uh, they just wanted to come play every week. So we sort of rejiggered the whole sort of format of the event to recognize that the point of the weekly night wasn't necessarily to have some competitive league, but to just sort of like play together as a community and try to grow the community. So every Wednesday, the game would be on free. That was something that pretty early on the arcade bought into giving us a, a free uh, night. And so um, the initial idea was that we would do a round robin, um, but we didn't want to ever be in a position where we'd have to tell people like, oh, sorry, you can't play tonight. It's league night. Like, I don't know if you've ever if you've ever gone to a bowling alley on like a Wednesday because you randomly thought, oh, we should there's not we're not doing anything. Let's go bowling. And then you show up and they tell you, you can't bowl because it's league night. It's very frustrating. And so um, especially with something like Killer Queen, you kind of have to be evangelizing and recruiting at all times. And and we I mean, we started from literally not even having 10. So that was sort of like bred into us that you have to be growing at, at all times and even once you get to like a comfortable size you still kind of have to always be growing um so we didn't want to ever be in a position where somebody would see a bunch of us having fun on the machine and not get to join in the fun so we would do a round robin but pretty quickly i i found that like nothing online that would help me to organize this would allow for just like randomly adding a team at like halfway through it would like want to restart it and it'd be a whole thing. And so, um, so I ended up going to like the neighborhood pharmacy and just getting a bunch of office supplies and building um, this poster board thing with like a bunch of hooks. And I got a bunch of binder clips and markers. And so every Wednesday I'd show up with a bunch of index cards and just people just fill out a team and you would just move the index cards kind of up the, the ladder on the board. And uh, it was so simple that everybody could operate it. So I didn't even have to be in charge of it, which I liked because sometimes I'm playing or sometimes I'm getting a root beer or sometimes I'm standing outside, you know, you know, uh, talking with people or, you know, all sorts of stuff. So it's like I didn't want it to be dependent on me because it's like I also wanted to have fun. It's like, you know, a, a good organizer can get all their work out of the way kind of before the event and then just try to enjoy it and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't but with the uh with the league in chicago it always kind of worked out well like that and um with other games people don't necessarily kind of have that same mindset because it's like if i'm playing tekken and i am paired up with somebody even if i'm in person 
because I've gone to like Tekken tournaments. Like if I'm playing against another person, nowhere in my head am I thinking I have to be nice to this person or they may never play this game again. Like I don't really care if <laughs> if I beat somebody so bad in Tekken and they never play the game again. I don't care because Bandai Namco has a giant marketing arm whose whole purpose is to make sure that people want to play Tekken. But when you play and really care about something like Killer Queen, like I had sort of instantly fallen in love with this game and the idea of building this community because it was like, this is how I'm going to make friends. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. Like you can't, you can't bully somebody on the machine and then just let them leave and never want to play again because it's like, we need every killer queen playing soul that we could possibly get uh at all times so it's like you kind of always have to be like an evangelist for the game at the same time as like you know being a, a competitor at the game like anyone who's been playing the game for long enough has their sort of elevator pitch where they can explain the entire game to you in 30 seconds because that'll happen a lot like you'll be standing around the machine and some people will come over and go oh what's this and then you explain it to them and try your best to get them to play and Hopefully you can reel in the occasional person who is bad at something, but still sees it as something that they'd like to get good at. Um, because not everybody's like that. Some people don't find any pleasure in being bad at something. And, and uh, Killer Queen is a, is a win or lose game. You kind of, you know, there's, there's, there's not like a, a middle ground. <laughs> You're right. winning. I mean or you're losing, you know, yeah. it's a zero sum thing. Right, and right. so yeah, um, it, it straight up says like victory or yeah. defeat, you know. And so it's like, you know, like Logan has a lot of foot traffic. So, you know, on a Friday night if there's like 30 of us killer queen nerds there, there's just as likely to be large groups of other other people there just cuz it's a popular and cool place to hang out. And so a lot of times, you know, like a group of 5 or a group of 10 or or maybe just a few people will be like, we'll want to play. And, um, you know, people have to remember to be good ambassadors for the game, which people are very typically very good at. And then, um, but realistically, you're kind of lucky if like one in 10 people is of that mindset where it's like, okay, I recognize that I completely suck at this now, but there's, this is something that, that I could get better at and getting better at it would, would be a pleasurable activity for me which is not everybody. But the nice thing about Killer Queen, and I tell people all, this all the time, is that uh, those people that do kind of join into the cult of Killer Queen are typically those growth mindset people. You know, like they see things as obstacles and want to get better. And so typically those people are not just good at Killer Queen. They're usually good at other things. And, th and those things are not always just other video games. That's always been one interesting thing about Killer Queen is it attracts people outside of you know, uh, sort of people who would consider themselves gamers or competitive gamers either, even. Um, it pulls a lot of people that are dodgeball players or volleyball players or, um, you know, like people that don't even play video games. Like uh, people that play fighting games will often get interested in, in it. People, people that play retro games. But it also just will pull, you know, like musicians or mathematicians or scientists or people that develop games or writers or, you know, all sorts of stuff. So the people that do tend to fall into the, the scene tend to be interesting people to get to know. So it's a, it's, it's a really good way to make friends. And um, it's a social thing anyway. So you're kind of forced at the, at the very least to go and be social because, you know, with other things, you know, I've gone to Tekken tournaments and not left feeling like I really even necessarily met anybody. But with Killer Queen, since it's a team game, you're playing at least with your team. And a big part of the joy, typically, is feeling the growth as a team. Like over the course of a tournament, uh, especially if there's some sort of stage where it's like before the double elimination, you know, like there's a group stage or whatever it is, a lot of this sort of joy is like feeling your team come together or like talking about a strategy in between games and then seeing how it works and if it works better. Or, you know, everyone gets better individually the more they play, but your team as a cohesive unit, typically you can sort of feel it getting better over the course of even just an evening of, of playing rounds at League together. And so 
you know, it's like, it's like a team building exercise. That's, that's more fun than what you would usually imagine for team building exercises. And so it builds these really strong communities. And that's part of what makes the game so sticky. Yeah. Is that like, I, you know, I love the game anyway. Like even just in a vacuum, I find the game pleasurable to play, but I've, I know a lot of people who say like the reason that they still play is like 99% because that's their friend community. Now it's like everyone they know plays killer queen. That's how they spend time with people, you know, outside of their homes. They all go to the arcade and, and, uh, and play the game. But the game itself is also sort of, if you think about like, uh, you know, what the studies say about like how you actually make friends with people. It's like, you have to spend like non-structured time with somebody, you know, like six separate occasions for like an hour, you know, there's some, there's some, you know, like equation where it's like, and then you'll be like friends. Right. And if you look at it, it's like, Oh, that's, it's very easy to accomplish. If you just start going to the arcade and hanging around the killer queen machine, like before you know it, you kind of, you'll have friends because even if you just go and stand there and don't say a word, somebody will talk to you. I mean, I was the kind of guy who would <laughs> always want to be like talking to the, any face that even, you know, would show up to, to, to play. So that's kind of why it's so sticky. And then once traveling became a thing, I mean, then it's even, then it's even harder to, to quit because of uh, how fun it is to travel for a tournament, which we didn't, we didn't, you know, like, that wasn't a thing until probably 2015 or so because so like the time that I was playing in Chicago when everything first started, um, there was one other machine and it was in New York at a co-working space called Waka Waka, like um, Pac-Man, like Waka Waka. Right, Waka. right, right. And so it was um, like a co-working space for developers and they would have a, uh, they started having like a monthly Killer Queen tournament because they had a machine there. And by this time, I was already deeply a KQ nerd, but with no content to watch. So I was like, oh, sweet, I'll watch these. So I was like the only one watching them. And um, back in those days, Kickstarter would show up and just destroy everybody. And then after a while, that machine went away. So they there were no tournaments anymore. And so New York was kind of just dark for a while. And so if there was a little while again where all of a sudden Chicago was all there was. And... Um, that was what, like, at that point, Chicago was was growing because we were having, you know, bi-monthly tournaments. We had our weekly league. There were probably, like, seven or eight regular teams worth of, of people that were coming out and um, and hanging out multiple nights a week, especially, like, the winter of, of 2015, which is brutal. And a lot of us just lived at the arcade <laughs> and just played Killer Queen every night, all night. Um, and then New York woke up actually, because they got um, at the uh, NYU Game Center in Brooklyn, the original machine that Josh and Nick built themselves, they installed that there. So then there started to be a New York scene that was meeting and playing once a week. And they started having a a weekly night on Fridays, which was very cool. And um, and like right around then, Portland also started up. So Portland got a machine at Ground Control in Portland, and they started to have a weekly night and, and started to play. And so um, it was like right before New York had gone dark the first time, we were like, oh, we should go. Like, I wonder if we could beat them. Like, do you think we could beat them? Like, I wonder if we should go play them. And they went dark. And so there was no, you know, tournament to go travel to. And then it was like, I think it was like the early summer, like June or July of 2015 and I had like just started a new job. So I was like all worried about taking off the time, but out of nowhere, Kickstarter announced on Twitter that they were having a killer queen tournament on like a Thursday, like a month out. So it was like, Oh my God, like what? Like it's that team that, you know, like they had this team called death from above. That was just like really good. And we're like, Oh my God, it was almost like Willy Wonka, like coming out of his factory after it had been closed all those years and then challenging you to come fight him. Like it was mortal Kombat. So I was like, we, we have to go. So me and uh, four other people from Chicago, like pretty much just like whoever could get off. Like we didn't even say like, like let's send our best players. Like people thought that too. They were like, like Logan arcade sponsored this team to come here. And it's like, no, it was literally just like, which five of us could get the, the days off 
And then Logan made us some t-shirts and we bought the cheapest flights we could get on such short notice. And so uh, we flew out there and it was cool. It was a big, it was the biggest tournament at that point that had pretty much ever happened. There were like probably like six or, you know, over a handful of New York teams because New York had grown their scene at that point. And then Kickstarter had like three teams. And I'm trying to remember if there was any other, I think that was pretty much it. And then there was us, the one Chicago team. And uh, we ended up winning. We came, we got, got knocked into losers by like the best team from New York, which was one of the NYU teams. And then we um, came back out of losers and won in a very close uh, grand finals, which got reset and went to like game you know, 14 or whatever. And so after that, we spent the weekend hanging out with the uh, the New York scene and meeting them and getting to know them. And at that point, we'd only like, you know, we'd been communicating with them on Facebook, but we hadn't ever met them in person. And but we just had a great weekend. And so at the end of the weekend, we were like, okay, now you guys have to come visit us. And they were like, okay, okay. And then not even like a month later, we decided to go, we had to go to Portland because like Portland was having a, a tournament. And so like almost the same five of us again, we're like, all right, let's do it. And so we went to Portland and the same thing happened, you know, got to the tournament, ran into their top team, got knocked into losers, you know, played it, played back to the grand finals and then won in a very close, you know, grand finals. And same thing. We, you know, hung out with them for the rest of the weekend, had an amazing weekend, you know, made a lot of friends and said, okay, now you guys have to come visit us. And so they said, okay. And so um, that was when we finally had our 10th tournament in Chicago. And by then we had sort of gotten into a good sort of cadence with our tournaments where it was like by killer queen, the fifth one, the, the community itself was running the tournaments, which was sort of a changeover, which, meant that we were able to put a lot more sort of effort into them because a lot of us were just wasting time when we should have been working, promoting a tournament instead. Um, But, you know, it was also a matter of kind of learning how to negotiate that with the arcade, which at the time was new. And then, you know, I learned, we learned a lot doing that every month or every other month. And so hopefully I was able to pass some of that along to some of the newer scenes early on. Especially because back in the day, as soon as there, like any other scene existed, I would reach out to them and start trying to get them to come visit us. And so finally for KQX, the 10th one, which was at the time like the biggest tournament ever, uh, New York and Portland both came to Chicago. It was a big, super fun weekend in June. I think it was in June. Maybe it was like a warm October. I can't remember. Usually those are in June now. Um, but it's it was, you know, set a big precedent. And then after that... We were still sort of one of the only communities that was throwing regular tournaments. So we would have people from all over coming to our tournaments, like as soon as they would kind of light up, like Kansas City, uh, Columbus came out to visit us really early on. Uh, Minneapolis, of course, as soon as there was a scene, people from Minneapolis were coming to Chicago, made a lot of friends with them. And um, it kind of helped, too, that a lot of those earlier scenes were, it was, it was a lot in the Midwest. Midwest, yeah. And, um, you know, then the West Coast started to light up and they all sort of were playing with each other. And, you know, Portland was hosting tournaments still, so they'd all go to Portland. And San Francisco eventually became a thing and they were hosting a big tournament every year around GDC that people would plan, you know, to go out to. And um, it's just grown. It's grown crazy since then. Although uh, COVID definitely put a big dent in a lot of scenes. I mean, that's probably just true for like all human just, activity. Just the indie arcade scene in general took like a big hit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. And I mean, luckily, you know, there was KQ Black that popped up kind of like right, literally right before COVID started. So that was kind of convenient. But the arcade crowd really never made the transition over to KQ Black like I was hoping that they would. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much from like 20. 15 until all the way up to COVID, the uh, the traveling scene just kept getting bigger. And, you know, like, as communities would get bigger, they would start hosting their, like, annual big tournament. And uh, it was really at a point where you could, if you wanted to, you could be playing Killer Queen in a different city every weekend. 
And there were people that were like almost doing that. <laughs> and there were times in my life where I was definitely hitting up probably a, at least a tournament a month. And there, you know, there were people that live halfway across the country that I was seeing, you know, once a month, if, if not more than that, just by virtue of playing killer queen. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard to give up. And, you know, like uh, it's a big part of why, you know, when I ultimately did leave Chicago, I, uh, I wasn't planning to go anywhere that didn't have killer queen. That's fair. That's definitely fair. And so Omaha got it um, a while ago, maybe like a year or two ago. They, they had it before COVID and um, but not too long before COVID like their first, the, the first time that Omaha players were going to travel was down to like the last in-person tournament that happened before everybody kind of shut down. There was a tournament in Kansas city that was like the heartland. I think it was called like the heartland invitational or something like that, okay. but it was going to be just the Midwest, like the, especially the smaller, I think newer Midwest scenes. So I think it was going to be like Omaha, St. Louis, KC. I can't remember. It was a few of the other ones. And so, um, but they ended up not going because it just seemed it was like right when it was starting to get iffy, and then right after that, it shut down. So, uh, and before COVID, there there had been a pretty sizable league here. I think it was I want to say it was like six or seven teams that were playing weekly, which is not bad. And uh, and then COVID hit, and so um, it's kind of funny. Like I was honestly looking forward a little bit to like re- retiring uh, as far as organization goes when I moved here and, but then I got here and the scene was dead, you know, and I need, I, yeah, I'm in the same place I am. I was when I moved to Chicago, <laughs> I don't know anybody. And there's only one way I'm going to make friends and it's over this killer queen machine. Yeah. You wanted to play. So, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. And I'm sure you've met a ton of people. Like I was oh, out yeah. there with you and I met people from like uh Phoenix, Texas. Um, God, I don't even, there were people from all over the place. And yeah, it was, this, so it, was, this was a, it was weird too. Cause it was an interesting, <laughs> when I initially like thought, okay, we should have a tournament here where we actually try to get other people to come. I was like, okay, I'll dust off my old bag of tricks. Cause in the early days when we would have a tournament, I would like really promote it. I'd like personally message a lot of people and say like, please come and like, we'll put you up. Like, especially in the early, earlier days or even with just smaller tournaments, it was actually feasible to house everybody, you know, like, you know, like at people's houses. So it was a very right. like, punk rock thing where it would be like you can travel a lot if you know that all you're going to need is like a backpack with a few changes of clothes and right. like your bar tab right for the weekend and you find a cheap plane ticket which killer queen players are really good at finding cheap flights <laughs> and it'll happen sometimes where it'll be like there's a tournament and then all of a sudden somebody will be like hey everybody southwest is having a sale on a flight to whatever and it's all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I could go to that tournament. It would only cost me like 60 bucks round trip. So it's like, yeah, I'll go. Cause you know, you're, you get there and then you're kind of, you know, you're going to be just playing the game all weekend. So, so yeah, back then it used to be a thing where, you know, you would just crash with people and, and, and stuff like that. So I used to tell people, it's kind of funny. People, like, please crash with us. It's funny you say that because while I was there, like uh, Nick, who's in your scene in the, in the Chicago scene, he was like, you got a place to stay if you come to Chicago. And I met some people from Phoenix and they were like, you can stay here. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody I was meeting, because we came to show Galactic Battleground, obviously. Right. And I feel like it went really well. But everybody that played and liked the game was like, yeah, if you guys ever want to come here to do a demo, like, let me know you got a place yep. to stay. Yeah, I mean, and that's been that's been part of what's been great about the scene ever, even since the early days. Like, as soon as there were, you know, multiple scenes and stuff like that. I mean, it's like the your local community becomes like really a community like you know those people and you know like you have them over and like you know if something happens those are the people that you turn to and like there have been some really amazing examples of that even on like a national scale where it was like you know like somebody that was a bike courier got their bike stolen and i think within like an afternoon players from around the country had just kicked in to get them a new bike but and it's like stuff like that too where it's like you know you know, the people that play this game are typically uh, good people. Right. So, you know, even if, like you can do it, it's like not crazy to, you know, maybe these days people wouldn't do it. But, you know, it used to be that like if you were going to another city and you knew that they had Killer Queen, you would just pop into their Facebook group and say, hey, I'm so and so from, you know, whatever city I'm coming to your city. 
uh, do you guys want to play some games? And if even if you said that, it was like more likely than not, people would try to put you up. You know, they would take you around town, you know, like show you, you know, like really host you um, because you were part of the sort of the same right. family. Part of the same community, even though you're yeah. from a different area. And so, I mean, that's always been a great part of it. And as the community has grown, you know, we've had to be sort of more diligent in making sure that we maintain that. But that's always been part of um, part of it. And I think a lot of it is because you have to actually spend time with these people. And, you know, you're you're likely going to be spending long hours with these, you know, the people in the community and you may be sharing quarters with them. And so, you know, like the same things that maybe will fly on, you know, there, there's a, a saying in the in KQ, take it back to Xbox Live. Was uh, I think that one in Chicago invented that, but it's like you know that attitude. It's like right. save that for the internet where you're never going to meet these people. Like these, you know, we're we're all friends here. So, uh, so you know, there's been you know a lot of effort to make sure that we maintain that as a space and that we're inclusive and that you know we we strive to you know make sure that that everyone that can be included safely is included. And so uh, that's part of why I love it because you know. Even you know, even if people are nervous, like, well, what if I'm bad? It's like nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, you'll learn. You know, like, we'll we'll you show can, you how to play. Yeah, you can be the you know dorkiest dork in the universe, which I am. But if you profess your love for this game, you will be part of part of a, a welcoming family. Yeah, and so I, uh, I agree so, with that. So for Omaha, I was like, yeah, we got we got to you know try to get as many people as we can to come to because I wanted to show the locals like what it's like to have like a a traveling tournament experience and because they didn't know. And right. so, uh, so it was great to have so many people come in. It was really funny because I really didn't expect many people to want to come here uh, because although I, you know, I'm not from Omaha, but I live here now and I have family here and I love it. And it's nice and quiet and beautiful and cheap and convenient. And there's good food and there's a million reasons to come here if you have a, a good big reason to come here, but other, cause otherwise it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And so I really didn't expect a lot of people to like have these dreams of coming to Omaha, Nebraska, but um, a lot of people had family here. So that turned out to like really work in my favor. Cause it was like, Oh, we'll visit with my aunt or my, you know, grandma or my dad or uh, stuff like that. And then of course, some people are just crazy. Like Alex Hogan from Columbus who drove 13 hours <laughs> alone to, to come out here and be here and, but that's you know I've done I've done similar things too, so I get it. But uh, yeah, it was an amazing tournament, and it was great to have you guys there with your game. I always love when there's like other games at uh, Killer Queen tournaments, which happens pretty frequently because, like I said, there's a lot of people in the in the scene that are developers, and so yeah, sometimes it's great when there's that like that side game going. Yeah, that, that makes me think back. To, I went to uh, Queens Gone Wild at Fort Lauderdale, and glit, uh, Glitch Bar in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And I ran into Omar again, who's from yeah. uh, North Carolina, I believe. Yeah, Crab um, Yep. That game is so much fun. I can't wait for it to like come out. He <laughs> he put it in a cabinet, finally. Yeah. Um, I told him I've been bugging him for so long to come on here and talk about it. But I played that. This is the first oh, time yeah, I've ever seen it. And uh, I I won the tournament in, in Florida. Yes. And I was like, I love this game. Like, you need to put this in a cabinet so that more people can play it. But it's, it's the same story with like Tony from Death Ball. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. He was part of the KQ community. Mm-hmm. He brought it out to KQ tournaments and people loved it. So yeah. uh, we figured that's a great way to show off Galactic Battleground. It's already been to like we went to Bumble Bash 4. And that yeah. was the coolest to me because all the indies were there. Like, there oh, yeah. Seven of us. So, yeah, I missed Bumble Bash community. 4, unfortunately. It was uh, that was that ended up being really bad luck. I spent like all of 2019 not traveling. Because I because I got married at the end of 2019, so I was like, I'll be a, a good boy this year, and I won't travel, and I'll save up my energy and money, and then 2020, that'll be then I'll go that'll all be the out. year. <laughs> so I missed I missed Bumble Bash Four, but I heard it was great in, was uh, in Chattanooga. Yeah. Yep. Um, what do you, what do you think of the other indie games? Like, which ones really stand out to you, and why why do you think that there's there's promise for them in the future, kind of like Killer Queen? I think um, teams is really nice. It's funny because, like, on the one hand, like having a team game, like there's um, a certain it, it puts a little more pressure on the game because then you have some requirement of having more than two players. Um, 
and that could make like matchmaking. And when I say matchmaking, like in like getting ten people to the cab at the at the arcade is just real life matchmaking. Um, so it can make it harder. But there's something about teams that sort of like makes you also be building those friendships that makes the game very sticky. Um, but I and I think part of it too is that a lot of indie games tend to be designed sort of like with that like Othello mindset where it's like it takes a minute to learn but a lifetime to master and like i said a lot of the uh, the indie games that like i'm really into or people that i know are really into like that's a lot of the the process it's like they they like the feeling of getting good and getting better at the game and this whole idea where it's like you know in in like role-playing games or these like big triple a titles that you might play in your console you spend all this time and the only thing that levels up is your character. But if you're playing a lot of these indie games, the thing that levels up is you. And, uh, you know, when you can go kind of be doing that with other people and then also showing that off to other people, you know, partially, but also just like sharing in that process with other people, that makes it really sticky. So I think teams, teams is, is even though I tend to myself kind of, think that I enjoy single player games more. I think team games are, are really good for that. And a lot of indie games kind of incorporate that. Especially ones that are kind of looking at sort of like a more sportsy side of, of what gaming could be. Um, I think that too, I think is also there's something to that because it's like you know, basketball never ends. You know, just they just keep playing it every season. And so, you know, if a game is like that, then you know, like it doesn't matter that that your game's been out for ten years if people are still playing it and still getting good and still refining the strategy and the meta game and all that. Um, but I think you know, I think too, like the more that indie games are out in public, which I you know is something that like I mean, the show is Indie Arcade Wave, right? And like you know, Josh and Nick, the guys that make Killer Queen, will talk all the time about Indie Arcade, which is kind of a newish thing um but i think that that's part of you know why a lot of people are interested in it is because it's in person it's you're it's outside you're you know you're leaving the house you're going to you know uh kind of that third space a public space you know that's not work and that's not your home and so you're just you're being out in public and engaging in some you know activity that's more than just uh, passively watching a movie or playing a game and Nowadays, sometimes playing games feels like you're watching a movie. So I think that's a big part of it. But I also kind of like when they're, I mean, I guess I sort of said this, but when they're kind of simple. <laughs> so it feels like there's like not a huge learning curve, but there does need to be something. Right. Like it can't be a total complete baby game uh, or else it feels like you're you're not doing anything. And right. so like a lot of my favorite indie games are things like that or where it's like, Nidhogg was was something that I remember I first played on like the indie sort of festival circuit and I was so stoked when it was going to come to PlayStation and then it was like literally I was the only one playing it. I could like never find another person to play it with. Um, and I think that's kind of still seems true for the second one too. Or like, How, how um, cool would that be in a cabinet? They have, they do have that in a cabinet in Chicago. At um at one of the arcades, it was Emporium, had this cabinet that was called the I want to say it was called the Indie City Cabinet. But and I think it had multiple games in it. I think maybe it was supposed to rotate, but I only ever remember it having Nidhogg, which was interesting because then it meant I was playing Nidhogg with a arcade stick instead of right. a controller. But it was it was cool. I mean, like, yeah, I would love I want I would love to see more games like that. Just like, you know in the arcade especially because you know it's deceptively simple but it has a it actually has a lot of skill to it whereas like if i step up to a fighting game that i don't know i already go in feeling like ah i don't know this you're gonna spend so much time I'm, just I'm learning like, the basic combos yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean your point like the the easy to play hard to master is kind of what all the indie yeah. guys like that's that's the goal of the game is you can walk up to galactic battleground death ball switch and shoot any of these games yeah. and like you can play you can figure it out right but to be the best and like 
to be really competitive when it comes to like playing a four player, two player game, whatever it may right. be. Like you need to put in time to learn the little intricacies of like your right. controls and learn your limits, things like that. And that's what's actually nice about like having five people in Killer Queen, even more more than four. Like four is already getting there, but like right. if it's a one v one game and you lose you lost it's on you yeah you, it's on you which means you know there's less concern about disappointing others because some people have that too but it's like you can't really deflect you know those hard feelings if you're gonna have any and sometimes the game is just very quick right because you're just you're losing. just not as good yeah you're losing very quickly but with like with killer queen like and i think this is true with killer queen black even though it's it's 4v4 so it's slightly right. less but like in a 5v5 game, if you're not playing the best, a lot of times it's no one will even notice. Right. You know? <laughs> you will, but not you, Yeah, else. you'll notice, maybe. Um, and it's like, you know, realistically, you're probably not going to lose, unless you're the queen, you're probably not going to, like, single-handedly lose the game yep. for your team. So even though people are still, you know, sort of uh, nervous sometimes to, like, jump, jump on and just play a completely stakes-free you know game with you i try to tell people like listen you're 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 automatically going to be better than nobody right you're better than a bot so just like join us and you know you can only help yeah just ask questions like <laughs> exactly we'll tell you and, we'll help. yeah and when i first started playing i was like okay i'm not I, I like i just didn't feel like i was inherently good enough to like queen or do stuff like that but i was like well but i could be a worker Right. And if I just try my hardest at that, I'll be contributing. And so, uh, you know, then it got to be, well, it was like, well, I wonder if I can do this good enough to like actually win the game or like have an effect on the game or like, you know, kind of everything that's going on. And, um, you know, before you know it, it's like you're, you feel like you're actually kind of playing, but if like you lose your guy for 30 seconds and forget what you're wearing, it's, it's okay. Like no, you know, like no, probably nobody will even notice. I, I lost myself a couple times in that tournament. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Yeah. So it's it, I mean, that's what's nice about having sort of a, a team is that the overall um sort of anxiety, I guess, maybe is distributed. But it's funny, I mean, people will be very concerned, like, you know, I don't want to ruin your game or I don't want to lose for you guys. And you know, I get it, but just come in and play. Just come in and play. That's all we want. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's you gave us a really good recap of like how the scene developed in Chicago and everything and let us know about kind of how it is, why you do it, running tournaments, moving to different cities and getting everything going, stuff like that. And I really appreciate you coming on and just kind of chatting about that stuff. So I guess who do you want to shout out? Like shout out some people, oh my give God. some social media links before we wrap everything up. Um, I want to shout out. I, I could shout out everybody um, for everyone that's listening to this. If you're in a city of any size, See, find out if there's a killer queen in your city. If not, find out if there's an arcade in your city and ask them why they don't have killer queen. Um, or at least maybe just even find out where it is near you if you want to watch it. Um, if you want to know more about the game before you jump in, there's some really great stuff on YouTube. There's Everyone puts their tournaments there. Um, there's a really great thing called Flight School. There's a few really great videos that'll just give you like a five to ten minute overall just sort of like here's how the game works um in general there's some um there's some great videos on there that'll just give you like a flavor for like what the scene is like they've done a few of those on chicago and other communities like once in a while the news will uh notice killer queen and run like the the typical kind of hey killer queen is a thing that exists story which even this this weekend in omaha they they came out to our tournament and and did one of those so hopefully that'll pick up some omaha players so uh, shout out to all of the communities uh, and the organizers. Of course, shout out to Josh and Nick, the creators of the game, uh, because without without you guys, there would not be this whole community. And it's thousands of people at this point. So it's like, it's a thing. I mean, even just beyond all the friends, there have been marriages. There are actually now human babies that wouldn't exist without this game. So it's a it's a big deal. And it's it's been a big part of, my life for sure, but I know a lot of people's lives for almost a decade. So uh, so definitely a big shout out to those guys for making the game in the first place. 
shout out to Charles in New York for prodding them to make it into a cab. Uh, like you were saying, you were you were telling uh, Amar, you know, sometimes people need a little prod to uh, to make it, make it into a cab. Um, shout out to everyone that came out to Omaha this weekend. That was really, and shout out to you guys for bringing your game to the arcade. That was really good. I'm trying to think of what the um, what the the next major tournament that's happening. There's going to be one in Chicago on June 26th. KQ34. So if you're anywhere near Chicago, you should think about going to that uh, at Logan Arcade. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. So shout out to everyone at Logan Arcade and, and Zespi, of course, and Melissa and and um, everybody else there. I miss you guys. And then I think after that, the next two big tournaments that we know of for 2022 are uh, the um, Queen City Crusade in Cincinnati. Uh, July 30th. That's that should be a, a really big and exciting one if you're in that neck of the woods. And then if you're on the West Coast in August, there's going to be the um, Seattle tournament, Emerald City Classic, which will be, should be a huge uh, tournament. They have a great scene too. So uh, if you're in any of those cities or if you're interested in traveling for Killer Queen in 2022, you should check those out. Um, and if you just want more information about Killer Queen, in general, look on Facebook. There's a lot of Facebook groups, but there's also a um, a Killer Queen Discord. And I'm trying to think of what the best way to recommend people find that would be. I can put the link in the description. Perfect. So that'll be I'll do that. perfect. So yeah, so shout that shout outs to all the mods of the uh, the Discord. And uh, yeah, awesome. Shout out to you, man, and to Thank everyone you. who's who's promoting uh, indie games and indie arcade games. I should specify. And uh, yeah, I want to play your game more. I, I saw that you guys had. I I I I think I saw a video somewhere of like a league or tournaments. We for... ran. We ran about. Uh, we were in two locations. We were running tournaments in, and probably yeah. probably about twenty five or thirty of them. And then uh, we ran some like in when I was down at Bumble Bash four. We ran a tournament, yeah. and then we also ran one at Queens Gone Wild. Uh, okay, so. We usually run them when we go. Uh, we were just showing off a new prototype this time. Yeah. We didn't want to like over no, flood sure. the tournament scene. So, well, I um, would I would definitely come out for if you guys have a big one. I'll be there. Are you? Do you guys? Uh, I there's no date or anything announced for it. But would you guys? Are you guys thinking about showing up to a Bumble Bash Five when yes. it happens? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. That's like we were already planning on doing this Perfect. year, and then everything already scheduled. So uh, that is that is definitely one we're planning on. And I guess well, I'm just awesome. gonna say thank you, Josh. Thank you for all the shoutouts um thanks for letting people know about the scene and kind of walking us through the whole history of like how it came up in chicago and everything started popping up it was a really cool story to hear and for anyone that's still watching don't forget to like share and subscribe we really appreciate it it'll just help us keep bringing more videos help us grow help us tell the stories of games like this and until next time peace peace i'll see you at pb5 joe see you then